Sisters Talk Brothers is a spoiler-filled podcast about the TV show Supernatural. Music credit goes to Hans Adam and their song in the Creative Commons called Paint the Sky. Driver picks the music, Shotgun shuts his cake hole. On with the show. Hello, Kindle. And hello, world. Hi, world. How are you? Welcome to Sisters Talk Brothers, where two real-life sisters talk about all the hysterical stuff those silly Winchester boys do when they're not in so much pain. <laughs> but it's okay. A single man tear. A single man tear. Yeah, I think last episode was actually our first single man tier, but it wasn't as prominent as I could have hoped for, so I didn't mention it last episode. But man, there are so many single tiers about to come down their little pokey pokey. OPT. OPT. One perfect tier. Ah. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. We just can't talk pain and tears the whole time, Hannah. Then this wouldn't be a fun show. It would just be anxiety riddled yeah that's too much why don't you tell me a story kindle um okay uh what kind of story would you like to hear well since sam and dean are pretending to be reporters i wanted to hear a story of when you worked at the local newspaper and i am certain that our dear listeners would like to know as well i'll be here for commentary um okay i helped establish the newspaper at my high school and thought I was going to go off into the big wide world and be a fancy journalist and reporter. And so I went up to the newspaper in town. There was a new newspaper. A new newspaper? For the new news. the, The newest of news. That was getting started. And I said, hey, you're new. You probably need some people. And... I'm young I've and got fresh. Good grades. <laughs> I've got good grades. I won't be too terrible for you. And they took me on under their wing and paid me probably too little money. But you know what? It was a great part-time job and got me good experience. And I even got to talk to um, the Mr. Ayers, I think his name was. The guy oh, yeah, the rich the guy that gives people money in our small town. Yeah. Yeah, he owns the bank and he gives scholarships to any he gives scholarships to anybody who graduates. Yeah. Um I got to talk to him and interview him and You interviewed me once. I did? Yeah, uh it was the part of the newspaper where they ask kids a random question and they post the kids' answers because it's funny. Um you went around and you asked a bunch of kids why people get hiccups. And I was like, well, it has something to do with, like, eating. Like, if you eat too fast, you get your hiccups because air. I don't remember that. I remember doing stories on, like, airplane fields. And I was in charge of the kind of weekly school, here's a high school update. Um, and I did a very personal opinion piece when one of the kids at our high school died. And Ooh. I got some negative feedback from that. Well, I was very po- I was just very honest in right. it. Um, 
and yeah, learned a lot of good lessons, I guess. And so then I went to college and I was like, oh, I'm going to continue being a reporter. And so I got involved with the, there is a history of like, I'm always there to be the first. Like I was there when someone needed help starting the newspaper at the high school. So I was there and I helped them start the newspaper. And when our county was able to support a second newspaper, I was there to work at the second newspaper. And then when I got to college in my college, my university rather, was looking to start an online newspaper or an online news source. I was there to work for the online news source. <laughs> I don't nice. go with the old, old shit. I want that Always new... moving forward. Always moving forward. What's the newest thing I can just hop onto? Because if you're there at the outset, oh, what was that thing that one guy you. said about um, riding the s- shoulders of giants? Yeah, riding the s- shoulders of giants. Who was that guy that said that? I don't know. But I do know that if you start something when that whole thing is new for everybody, you don't have to be the best. You don't have to prove yourself as hard. <laughs> like, that's the whole reason why I took up soccer in high school is because they had just started a brand new team that year. And I was like, okay, well, it doesn't matter if I suck at soccer because no one's going to be super great at soccer. And this way I can play for a team for my school and get that school sport experience and not just sit on the bench the whole time because I'm not very good at the whole athletic thing. I'm built <laughs> athletically, but the whole hand eye or hand foot in this case, not always not always the best. Yeah, that that whole coordination gene just kind of sailed us Skipped by. over us. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. What else do you want to know? I was editor news editor at my school's online publication and was in an editor's meeting when I had a panic attack and I realized, oh shit, I hate this. I hate all of this. Oh god, I don't want to do this the rest of my life. And so I ran away to a ship that took me around the world. <laughs> you also um, made a movie in college that was pretty cool. So you kind of like did really well in one field, decided it wasn't for you, explored some other fields, you know. And then ended up teaching, and then deciding teaching wasn't for me either. Yeah, no. Life is a melting pot. <laughs> no, I don't think that's the same. <laughs> it's not. But it's not. It's, it is interesting where life takes you. It is. So yeah, that's my experience as a journalist. I know all about the interviewing and the calling. I once interviewed, so I did a lot of personal pieces for our hometown newspaper. And this one time, I had interviewed this really old couple that came in to tell their story. I don't remember how I found them or what was going on there, but it was a situation where he had been like 30 years old and married and she was like 16 and they had met and fallen in love, but you know, that's not okay and gross and also adultery. And so it's like super not okay. So they never did anything. But then later when she was like in her 50s and he was like in his 60s or however that math works out because math is hard. They got back together and then they like lived the rest of their lives together and were happy. Wow. Yeah. It was a really weird story that I was like, this is going to give a lot of people the wrong message. (laughs) (laughs) But I can't deny that you guys are together and happy now and have a... Uh, uh. (laughs) 
I mean, maybe don't it's just date the minors, people. Wait until they're of age. <laughs> just wait. No, don't even. That's the that's the message. Don't even look just at wait. them. <laughs> don't even wait. Like, not. I mean, you definitely wait. Just don't pretend they don't exist. <laughs> the The message is, um, nope. Nope, I got nothing. Respect the age of consent. Yes, the message is respect the age of consent. But don't wait for people to turn 18 just so you can date them. Like, go off and live your own life, and then maybe later when everybody's adults. I'm ready to talk about Supernatural now. Yeah, this got really complicated and hard to put into words, so let's just... segue. Let's just move on. You know what? Reporters... Segway! Hey, you know who else is reporters? Some boys! So let's talk about boys who are of age. And <laughs> Yep. Let's talk about some men in season two, episode three, Bloodlust. Our recap features a lot of Papa John while Wheel in the Sky turning. By Journey plays in the background. (laughs) First time I heard that song, Hannah. Yeah. And like vision is emblazoned in my mind. We were on the pontoon on the river, and the song came on, and you were standing, and you made your hand go in the shape of like a huge semicircle above your head, like from your left side all the way down to your right side, while you were. Like shaking your hips and singing, wheel in the sky keeps on turning. And I just remember <laughs> how much you were enjoying that song. And in that moment, I loved that song with you, and I have loved that song ever since. <laughs> uh, I I have no recollection of that at all, but uh, I don't doubt it for a second. <laughs> what that you would sing along with the song and enjoy it? Yeah, I believe that too. And like have a have a choreographed little routine dancing. Uh. Yeah. I mean, it was a very short routine. I'll give you that. <laughs> there were no, no further doubt. dance moves to accompany it. It was a very short show. <laughs> That's but me. riveting while it lasted. <sighs> riveting while it lasted. Title your sixth stage. Oh God, I hate you so much. <laughs> Oh God, it's true. Oh God, it's true. (laughs) Anything else you want to say about that dang recap? No, um, that's all I have to say about it. It's a good song. (laughs) Yeah, that was all. I was just like, wheel in the sky Sky keeps on turning. That's the best thing about that recap. What are you talking about? Wheel in the sky, nothing else matters. (laughs) Let's just get up to the dang show. So, where did the show start? Well, like, where most good murder mysteries start in a park at the nighttime, with a lady running breathlessly down the trails of the park, and oh my gosh, it's thundering so much and raining, and is providing ambiance to the story. She's breathless, she's panting, she hides behind a tree. It's Red Lodge, Montana, which is a real place, and it's also called, called Carbon County, and she's thinking about this, and she's thinking, oh... It's a real place, but maybe this is a dream. But it's not. She's running, and she's running, and she's falling. She's being stalked by a man in a hat. She finds another tree, and she hides. And she thinks she's safe. She reaches her hand around to see. Is he gone? But he's right there beside her, and he beheads her with a sickle. Cut to the fiery tight scene. 
was really intense. And I just love that apparently Gordon wears a hat when he hunts. <laughs> because at no other point in the episode do we see him wearing that fucking hat except when he kills her. Well, <laughs> that's, well, Hannah, that's his special forest hat. He's really worried. There might be falling sticks or twigs, monkeys throwing poop. Because, you know, monkeys love the trees. Oh my god, are you being racist right now? No, I was thinking of Eddie Izzard. Oh god. Not many monkeys in France. <laughs> Fit on the ground. Fit in the trees. <laughs> Generally, it's pretty trim. <laughs> They'll fling poo at you. <laughs> They'll fling some poo-poo at you. So he has his, his special poo-poo prevention hat. Alright, forget the monkeys. He has the hat to prevent his head from getting pooped on by birds. There, you happy? Yes. It's his anti-bird poo hat. <laughs> well, like, uh, growing up, Mom always told me not to shake the uh, branches of trees because bugs would fall in my hair. So he wears hats to keep bugs from falling on his head. Remember that time we took graduation photos for you and the tree you were next to was filled with cicadas? Yes. I took uh. the most triumphant graduation photos and I love them. Thank you. We realized it's far too late. Oh, those aren't leaves. That's uh -huh. no moon. <clears throat> Only special babes get to hear Back in Black by ACDC playing as boys head down the road with baby's brand spanking fresh digs thanks to Dean. I love that baby has her own theme song. <laughs> Sam offers Dean and his ride some alone time, and we hear Dean calling her baby for the first time. Oh, don't listen to him, baby. He doesn't understand us. Yay! Yay! Dean is excited to be distracted by a case, and Sam is bemused. Our boys don suits and play reporters. Handlebar Cop is not impressed. He gives them a gross description of cows dying, and the boys fumble with their cover, getting them kicked out. <laughs> Weekly World News is a real newspaper, by the way. It's a trashy tabloid that has articles about supernatural occurrences. I know, and as soon as this beautiful, beautiful caricature of a cop heard them stumble over Weekly World News, he immediately knew what it was, and he was like, just get out. I'm, no. It's not cow mutilations. There's nothing going on. It's, ugh. get out of my house. They then play morticians to get their hands on dead things. Looking for clues, Dean makes movie references and Sam gets squicked. Dean, give me a bucket. Buy something? No, I'm gonna puke. Tucked away in our lady's gums is some teeth, so we know the people being killed are vampires. And this is all beautiful interactions. I mean, the back and forth, the you do it, no you do it. So Absolute cute. children. You open it. <laughs> um, okay. Now, I would like to have... Hannah's Deleted Scene Special! Yay! Bum, ba -da -dum. Uh, Sam calls the dead vamps victims, and Dean scoffs at that. He finds P.O. boxes for both of them, saying it was strange that they opened up P.O. boxes six months ago, living and staying in town. And Dean's, like, scoffing at that? When the one and only nest they've come across was very migratory. He says that the death toll in this town is below average, and Dean is just excited to kill vampires, saying that he enjoys his work. So, so I did wonder how they got to the whole about six months ago thing that they said mm -hmm. to 
Benny slash Eli? Yeah. Are you saying that Dean's scoffing at the whole premise because the one time they've encountered vampires before, it was a no, 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 that, group? That was uh, Sam's argument. Uh, Dean was saying that it was just a cover for them, uh, that they were hiding out in this town and being sneaky with their meals. Like, he's not listening to any of Sam's points about how, hey, these people were living here. You know, they're not, you know, traveling the country. Um, these people, um, there hasn't been any deaths. Like, the crime rate is actually down here, Dean. Like, and, and Dean won't listen to any of it. He's just like, I enjoy my work, which would be a tie-in to his conversation with Gordon later. This would have been a good scene to have overall, actually. Yeah, and it was I mean, it was the only deleted scene. I mean, the episode doesn't suffer for not having this, I don't think. Mm-mm. But it helps build up both their views. Yeah, and it further shows you um, how these Where vampires heads, heads are, are different. At. Exactly. Maybe they didn't like it because it made you, the viewer a little too suspicious too early on, and they wanted you to be more on Dean and Gordon's side for a little bit longer than this. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that, definitely. So for you, listener, no time has passed, but it's a whole new day in Sisterland. <laughs> One with clear blue skies and no tornadoes in sight. Yeah, the thunder was getting a little too ridiculous. I could hear it. I could hear it on my end. I was like, what is the creature crawling from the depths of your house, Kendall? Do you need help? At that point, it's just straight up unprofessional (laughs) to be having um, all that noise in the background. And we do strive to provide a professional podcast. But yes, let's get back to what's really important. Sam and, and that's the fact that Sam and Dean land in the one bar that is ran by vampires. How'd they do it? How'd they do it? It's, it's lucky, I guess. It's supernatural. So, <clears throat> they go into this bar and they chat. Uh, I should read your notes, I guess. They go into the bar to get the, the local buzz. You know, what's going on around her. And Sam tries his hand again at bribing, only this time instead of sliding a hundo, he slides a 50, and Dean is not outraged. So he has learned his lesson from Bloody Mary. Thankfully. He was just throwing money around willy-nilly. Mm-hmm. And our bartender might look familiar to our friends in a rewatch, because it's Benny! It's not Benny! It's Benny's twin brother, Eli! Played by the actor Ty Olson. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's just eerie how he only plays vampires on Supernatural. So that's all he knows how to play. Other repeat actors play different I don't know. things. I don't know. Not- I haven't seen anything else he's been in. He's, he's probably good at acting other things, but nope. he's really good at acting like a vampire. He, that's his, that is the, Alpha and Omega of his acting repertoire. Vampire to vampire. It's making me think of um, Hugh Grant. Like, he always plays the same role. Like, kind of dumb, foreign, a little bit of a jerk. 
Got a good heart. Doofy as fuck. Doofy as fuck. Mm-hmm. The only because see Hugh Grant he he can only play himself. <laughs> He's not even acting. They just throw him onto movie sets and he rolls with it. Now I will say Hannah, I definitely prefer Ty Olson with a Cajun accent. I love oh. that Louisiana drawl in his yes. mouth. It's been tough walking the line here. All those years in purgatory, not having to deal with the hunger. Yes. I wasn't a huge fan of Eli, because Eli wasn't talking right. No. Mm-mm. I Yeah, I prefer I prefer Benny to Eli, definitely. Absolutely. Well, anyways, Benny's twin brother tells our boys, yeah, there's a farm just down the road, up yonder, you know, that they just moved in six months ago. But we know he's lying. Those are normal folks that moved in up at Barker Farm. Yep. And this whole time, a man in the corner has just been watching these boys. And as they leave to go out of the barn... Oh, sorry, not... It's a barn. <laughs> out of the bar. <laughs> just, just one We're letter difference. farms, right? There's a lot of farm talk in this episode, so... It just felt I right. Don't, I don't know. I don't know about that. So they leave the bar, and as they leave the bar... The man that has been just staring them down the whole time is gone, leaving only a mostly empty glass and a lit cigarette, which, since when did Gordon smoke? I mean... Is it stress smoke? I don't know. Maybe maybe he Gordon smokes and he wears hats because he is an old school gangster. Maybe he does enjoy a smoke with his drink. Yeah, see? But... But <laughs> not 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 a fifties gangster, I don't think. But um, he wears a hat and he smokes, so he's a fifties gangster. He's with the mm-hmm. mob. Okay. Well, this man misplaced in time wanted to have a smoke with his drinks later, but Dean and Sam were both like, "Hey, we don't smoke. It like interferes with our breathing. Would you mind terribly? We do a lot of running. Yep." Yeah, <laughs> This job is really active, and we really want to be aware of our health. Fucks with my cardio. Dean, in real life, would be a smoker, though. He would. Uh, it That's actually um, in Kripke's original notes. Like, yeah, Dean was a smoker. He smoked Marlboro Reds. I'm, I'm, I prefer the non-smoking version, but I usually prefer well, yeah. everything non-smoking. But, um... Yeah. I can't really talk. I'm a smoker. It's terrible. Don't smoke, kids. All you kids out there listening, don't smoke. It's terrible. I have a hacking cough. Just nope. listen to my gravelly voice. Don't yeah. smoke. The listener doesn't even know. <laughs> like, half the reason why it takes me so long to edit this show is because I'm just silencing all the coughing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyways... Dean doesn't smoke. Gordon apparently does, because that's the most they can make an allusion to smoking on a CW show. And as the boys are walking out, they start to turn down a dark alley, and we see that he's following them, and then he turns around because he doesn't see them anymore, and then they jump out of nowhere and go, ah, show us your teeth! (laughs) Show us your teeth! Show us your teeth! We want to see them pearly whites! This scene makes them look really good at their job. Like, they've already grown so much since last season. And, like, we see them use this tactic before. Like, we know you're following us, but we're going to get you instead. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they're getting a little better at it. And they just want to see them pretty white teeth. They want to see how they compare to Meg's. <laughs> um, nobody can beat Meg's teeth game. That's faux show. So he fights them and protests for a really long time. Like, it's beneath him to show his teeth. But finally, he does, like, go... And push on his gums, and he's good. He's not a vampire. And they're like, oh, good. We believe you. What the fuck, man? <laughs> I mean, seriously, they're like, you knew we weren't vampires, so why are you... <laughs> Gordon, you don't make any damn sense. <laughs> Gordon. I love Gordon. Uh, this is Gordon, and he knows of the Winchesters. Even met their dad once. He shows off the hidden arsenal in his sports car before telling the boys he's not into teamwork and they should just leave. I did think that maybe he even met Papa John at some point because it's his possible. weapons, his weapon setup is very is similar. similar. Yeah, very similar to John's. So either he met John and they like traded tips and I could actually see them getting along pretty well on some levels. Yeah. Or, or this is actually the way that hunters are supposed to set up their like weapon rigs and John just The boys never... didn't get the memo. They just didn't get the updates. <laughs> <laughs> and by the time, at the, and by this point they're like, you know what? We're too old to change now. We're in our mid to, we're in our mid twenties. It's too late to change. <laughs> The boys look at each other like, did he really just blow us off? We're the fucking Winchesters. They're like, who's this guy think he is? Uh, mm -hmm. We cut to a man just doing his job somewhere. Night security at a plant of some sort, I'm guessing. Sawmill. When suddenly, ah, it's a sawmill. Thank you, Kindle. Thank you. I was at a loss. <laughs> I was like, I don't know where the fuck this is. When suddenly, <laughs> Gordon attacks. And we see the man... Flash teeth, letting us know he's a vampire. The vamp is just getting the best of Gordon when Sam drags him away and Dean slices the vampire's head off with a saw. Gordon looks good. Sam looks mortified. No, no, no. Sorry. Gordon looks proud. Sam looks mortified. Now, I really like, thought... <sighs> mm -hmm. there, there's going to be another vampire scene in a sawmill at some episode in the future, right? Where Sam has... The chance to not kill a vampire and instead saws that person's head off and Dean looks on mortified. John, an absolute blank. Uh, maybe it's Sam beheading something somehow. I remember uh, Sam taking vampire Gordon's head off with razor wire and Dean was just like shocked. Maybe that's what and, I remember. And then he was like shocked and proud. Like, I can't believe you just chopped his head off with freaking razor wire. Uh, what I'm remembering is like a slower, I'm with purpose and intent killing you. Hmm. I, I don't know. But this all, like this whole scene set up felt so familiar that I almost thought for a second that Sam was going to be the one who saw the head off the vampire. And, but I knew it was too early for dark Sam. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, well. I'll just tuck that away in my head, and then in the future be like, Hannah, remember 60 episodes ago when I said this? <laughs> this! Uh, we'll, we'll get back to it. We'll get back to it. Yeah. Uh, later, later. Back at the bar, Dean and Gordon toast to the kill. Sam is a little more morose about it all and decides to call it a night. He no take, no shots. No shots. No shots for Sam. No shots for Sam. 
because he's got bad aim. <laughs> Dean oh, and Gordon. Dean it all connects. Dean and Gordon swap stories, real bonding time that's supposed to make us feel for Gordon, but he's not telling us the whole story. It gets Dean to open up some about his dad's death, though, so that's good. And Dean, and then Gordon gives bad advice. That was my thought during this scene, too, that on the one hand, this is pretty good therapy for Dean, just the fact that he's talking about it, but this is the wrong person to be talking to. <laughs> right, like... These, this is, he, he even follows it with, you know, I can't talk to Sam about this. I'm supposed to be strong. I'm supposed to be, you know, the protector, the older brother. You know, nothing gets to me. Rolls off my shoulders. But, you know what struck me in this yeah. conversation? Tell me. The fact that Dean didn't really embrace being a hunter in the hunting life until he was 16. Well, yeah. I mean, that was 15 years well, let's see, no, he was, the thing happened when he was four, so let's say, like, 11 to 12 years of him having other hopes, dreams, and desires. It's a significant amount of time. Aww. Mm-hmm. Baby Dean. Baby Dean. Never had a chance. Back at the hotel, Sam calls Ellen, learns that Gordon is a good hunter, but not safe to be around. Gordon gives Dean a speech about black and white, no gray, Tells Dean that Sam isn't like the both of them. So, I believe it's time to... Name! Name! That! That! Monster! monster. Ah. Our monster this episode is extremists. Extremis extremism? Extremism. Not an easy word to say and not an easy reality to live alongside. So what is extremism? <clears throat> well, it's when you don't see shades of gray, to put it simply. When you are all or nothing and won't even listen to opposing views. Now, I do a lot of quoting of Wikipedia here because it's a lot of, like, psychological gobbledygook. That's, and also they say it so succinctly that I couldn't really think of any way to rephrase it or simplify it. But I will do my best. So, I believe in you. A 2019 study found that political extremism on both the left and right tended to have four common psychological features. And here's what I will try and simplify it. So they experienced some sort of mental stress that caused them to um, adopt this really black and white viewpoint, a really extreme idea. Like, uh, this is very simple, simplified, but my boyfriend cheated on me, I'm going to hate all men forever and never and never. And never much, like, and then from there, it grows. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, the second thing that all extremists have in comments, common, is their idea, their extreme idea is very simple. Like I just said, all men, done, simple, they're canceled. <laughs> the third thing they have in common is once they have simplified their ideas, they are suddenly super confident that they're right in what they believe. So anytime this person heard about any man doing a bad thing, they would feel supremely justified. Because, see? That just backs up everything I just said. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. This and right here, prime example 
<laughs> and then the last thing they have in common is that, especially in political extremist groups, they are less tolerant to people that are different from them and opinions that are different from theirs. So mm-hmm. they don't want to be, they, they don't want to tolerate it. They want them to be gone. They think the way I think and who I am is the only way that people should be think and be. But what causes extremism? So here I am going to quote the psychologist. Psychologist Arno Gruen said, The lack of identity associated with extremists is the result of self-destructive self-hatred that leads to feelings of revenge toward life itself and a compulsion to kill one's own humanness. Extremism is seen as not a tactic, nor an ideology, but as a pathological illness which feeds on the destruction of life. So, extremism can also be an outlet, or end quote, sorry. And extremism can also be like an outlet for people who have experienced a bunch of loss, experienced a lot of rage, and they want to channel those emotions in a way that matches those emotions. The you hurt me, so I hurt you kind of mentality. And we really see that with Gordon. He experienced something super traumatic. Yeah. And the only way for him to handle it was to narrow his focus down to all vampires are bad and all vampires must die, even if that means, as we'll see, killing my own sister. So, yeah. I mean, so it's safe to say that all hunters have their issues and Mm -hmm. everyone reacts to trauma in different ways because there are some people... in the supernatural universe alone, who have had traumatic things happen to them and didn't even get into hunting, like Max Miller's family. Mm-hmm. And to an extent, we could also say that John had some very extremist views. Absolutely. Um, and that'd like, be something you to will look follow for. my orders. You know, my word is law. You know, if you and can't follow my rules, you can get out of my house. Mm. I do think that with John, it wasn't as simple. And I think simplicity is key in the views of extremists. True. Um, but anyways, so extremism is coming to be understood as an actual mental illness. And it So this sucks. is why I would say that while I dislike, like, almost hate, but not really. But why I dislike John is his extremist personality. But he's not an extremist... In, to the point of being a monster. I think Gordon is an extremist to the point of being a monster. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so it is an illness, but I don't think anybody has found a way to cure it just yet because I don't think that it's being recognized in As broader circles. Illness. Yes. Even though it's clearly the result of experiencing mental trauma. But yeah, so that concludes Name That Monster! is a fun topic. Can we go back to the supernatural boys? Yes. Sam is in the parking lot of the motel getting a soda from a vending machine when he hears someone possibly watching him, so he sneakily sips his soda before going back into his room. He, he should have he's... known that someone could have snuck into his room while he was out there taking five years to take a sip of soda. Yeah. <clears throat> he thinks he's safe and just overthinking until he is attacked. He did a good job of fighting them off until he got clocked by the telephone. And broke him damn wrist. Oof, he did. He's got Sam- a big old owie now. Mm-hmm. 
Sam finds himself bound and gagged in a house somewhere. Eli from the bar bears his teeth menacingly before a lady vamp tells him to cool. To cool it. <laughs> tells him to cool. <laughs> Get in the Eli freezer. <laughs> Get in the freezer. Eli from the bar bears his teeth menacingly before a lady vamp tells him to cool it and removes Sam's gag. Sam gets sassy, and it's beautiful. Yeah, okay, but I might have a tough time paying attention to much besides Eli's teeth. Our lady vamp is Lenore, and she tells Sam they eat cattle, not people. He doesn't believe her, so she lets him go, and Sam is so confused. Now, I know this boy was just kidnapped, but Sam's hair is looking so rough this season. It's like it doesn't know what it wants to do. It's flipping out all over the place. It's... It's going through puberty, and it's painful to watch. Just really is. But in all this, I do like that she kind of references how Daniel Elkins was actually pretty good at eradicating the vampire species. She says we're almost extinct. But then that does make me wonder how much Mr. Walker was part of that eradication, or else he wouldn't have had much to hunt all this time, right? Right. I don't know. But I like that they're acknowledging their own uh canon. <laughs> that there are not vampires around very often. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wonder if Dean and Sam were shocked to even have vampirism pop up on the radar. Like, vampires? Again? Again? That's like two times in a year. Maybe. I don't know how long it took for the car to get fixed. <laughs> That's a lot of vampire cases. Oh my gosh, we're having a vampire outbreak. And we have vegetarian vampires like the Collins. Okay. Are they vegetarian or are they vegan? Vegan. No, wait, hold on. I would say they're vegetarian because the cows do die. Benny would be vegan because he lives off of pure blood donations. I accept this canon. Alright. I love it. Moving on. Cannon. Whatever. Dean and Gordon are at the motel now, looking at maps, trying to suss out where the nest is, when Dean starts to worry about Sam, who shows up about that time wanting to speak to Dean in private. He tells Dean about the nice vampires letting him go. Dean asks a lot of questions about why and where and how. Sam is saying they let him go, and they argue. Dean takes Gordon's word over Ellen's, and Sam tears into him about replacing John, so Dean punches him. <laughs> like, just... He did uh. say he was gonna beat the party pooper out of him. <laughs> he did. Sam uh, can't be surprised. Sam turns the other cheek, but goes with Dean anyway, finding that Gordon is gone after the nest in their car. <laughs> yeah, you can't trust Gordon after he stole Baby. I think this is uh, the first time one of them has hit the other one. But it won't be the last. It will not be the last. <laughs> so hopefully now Dean is believing Sam a little more about his instincts, him's instincts, but we don't know. What we do know is that Sam is smart, and Sam has figured out where the nest is because he counted the minutes from the bridge to the nest, and then from the bridge to the house, and like there was a left turn and a right turn. God, so smart. He's so smart. He's so smart. What I don't get is how did Gordon get ahead of them with the one clue being that he overheard was that there was a bridge. 
And all I can think is, like, maybe he's already been to all the other farms near bridges, and he's like, well, there's only one farm left that's near a bridge. It must be that one. Because <laughs> he didn't have that much of a head start. Well, like, he drove to the end of the bridge, he looked left and right, and then he went left. So, he probably just went with his gut. I don't know. It's like, left or right. Left or right. Maybe he's I'm got... I'm gonna try left. <laughs> instead of spidey senses, he's got vampy senses. Vampy senses. Vamp... Vamp stinks? Vamp stinks. <laughs> no, I hate it. <laughs> vamp stinks. Oh, uh, that vamp stinks. Vampspiration. <laughs> that sounds like perspiration. Oh, there's just no winning. So Eli and Lenore, which at this moment it occurred to me, Lenore, Luther, huh? <laughs> Eli and Lenore packing up to leave, despite Eli protesting that they need to stay and fight. They're just going to keep coming at this point. It's just self-defense. I'm like, he makes valid points. But. She says, reason and hope. Mm. You just gotta have hope. It's she making says, me tear, bend. She says that if vampires have a chance to change, then maybe humans can too. So we're going to keep on hoping for a better tomorrow. So shut up, Eli. And just pack. Come on. Packing's easier than killing. I have so much hope. <laughs> so she sends Eli off to go get all the other vamps who were just off in town working their jobs, I guess. And she's left to pack up the whole house by herself in one night. That is just an impossible task. They must have go bags. Right. Go bags. At this point, Gordon ambushes Lenore. And he stabs her with a knife. And we know this is a special knife because he holds it in front of the camera for, like, a whole second and you see it's already bloody. Man, he's already got that dead man's blood. He's so smart. Or, you know, he's been hunting vampires for a long time and he knows what's up. Anyways, once he has her inside, <laughs> we see that she's all beaten up and he's she's tied to a chair and he's torturing her. Mm-hmm. Sam and Dean get there, and Gordon's like, yo, what's up? You wanna, you want some of this? Come on, you just give her little cutsy cuts, and she'll an get answered and give you all the answers. She'll, nah, cutsy cuts, you <laughs> ask questions, she gives the answers. So easy. Do you want a piece of this action? <laughs> We're doing fingers next. Mm. Oh, God. <laughs> Sam is horrified, and Dean also is a little horrified. So they start to try and talk Gordon down, which starts to build tension between them. Because now Gordon is starting to see, also, they're not on my level. And Sam already knows that Gordon's not on his level. And Dean's starting to be like, oh, maybe you're not on my level either. That's so weird. So he pulls a knife on Sam in order to try to prove a point. Because they're saying, hey, maybe these vampires aren't bad. Maybe they're actually good vampires. Is such a thing as possible? And he's like, no, come over here, Sam. I'm going to slice you up. And while he's doing all this, he's telling the rest of his backstory. How he uh, didn't just lose his sister to a vampire. She didn't. She wasn't killed by a vampire. Oh, no, she became a vampire. And he killed his own sister. And he knows that these vampires aren't killing anyone. But that doesn't make them any less of a monster. And at this point, blood from Sam's arm gets all in Lenora's face and her mouth and her teeth descend and she's like, ah! 
And for a second, Dean and Sam were like, okay, maybe, Gordon, you have a point. But then Lenore, awesome Lenore, is like, no, I will not give in to my baser instincts. So proud of her. And somehow this, I guess because Dean has the gun on Gordon still. Yes, Dean has the gun on Gordon. So Sam's able to get away and he's able to take Lenore with him. Yeah. And at once Sam and Lenore are safely out, Gordon and Dean start to hash things out. And by hash things out, I mean they fight. And they fight a lot. <laughs> and all the while, Gordon is saying that they're the same. And Dean wins by saying that maybe, or maybe not they're the same, but he's not the one tied up now because he won. Yeah. Because you threatened his Sammy Gordon, and that just don't fly. Yeah, but I did feel a little twinge of sadness for Gordon here, because, you know, he's always talking about how he goes it alone, and he's a solo hunter. But you could kind of see here that I think Gordon had been just as desperate for someone to relate to as Dean was. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, it hurt my heart a little. Anyways, they pull an all-nighter. <laughs> Morning comes. Sam arrives saying he got all the vampires to safety. Dean kept watch of Gordon. Dean says he'll call someone in two or three days to get him, but he still decks him for good measure. Man, they could have handled this so much better. Like, they do later okay. on. <laughs> it's not okay to torture vampires, but it is okay to leave a man tied up and punch him when he's tied up. Like, it probably broke the chair, so when, like, he wakes up, he's untied, or at least not attached to the chair. I mean, you let the vampires escape. He's still going to hunt them down, I guess. But you don't have to build up bad blood like this. And you haven't changed his opinions any. You haven't helped. I don't I can't. I don't know what they could have done better. But Dean is so aggressive towards Gordon in a way that I can't fully understand. He threatened Sammy. He did really threaten Sammy. He just gave Sam a little cut on the arm to prove a point. Well, like, I also think it has to do with Gordon killing his sister. Like, Dean couldn't do that. We see throughout the season, like, he doesn't kill Sam, ever. Okay, ever. but Dean didn't have his sister... Dean didn't have his brother turn into a vampire when he was still a teenager. Like, Dean doesn't know how he would have handled it. Fair enough. You know what it could be? You know what it could be? It could be the fact that Dean has been told to kill Sammy if he can't save him. And Mm. Gordon has just presented a situation where a sibling had to be killed. Yeah. And he's in such denial of it. He's Mm -hmm. like so against killing Sam that the fact that this guy had to do it, like... And there's no gray in this for Dean. It's wrong to kill your sibling. He's so terrified of that possibility in his future that he completely rejects it, and he rejects all possibilities of killing your sibling. As and takes oh. it out on Gordon. Mm-hmm. Dean got a little extremist this episode, too. He did. Mm. On the I'm way glad to the we car, saw this. <laughs> <laughs> on the way to the car, Dean wants Sam to punch him back, but Sam says no. They have a chick flick moment about all the things they've killed in the past, and if they were... In the right, all those times. <laughs> Sam says he'll stick around to be a pain in the ass. 
Now, what's interesting about this, Hannah, is that it's not Sam who's suddenly wondering. The, their positions are reversed, as mm-hmm. Dean's the one questioning the morality of it all. And somewhere around here, I realized that John, uh, Dean's in John's jacket, and Dean's suddenly questioning everything John ever asked them to do. Mm-hmm. And we get that famous shot of Dean thinking by the Impala with the dramatic sunlight causing a lens flare. It's yeah. because John's not around anymore to have that pressure on Dean. So maybe now Dean has, Dean feels the freedom to ask those kind of questions. He has room to grow. Oh, Dean was, John was a ball and chain around Dean's neck. Yeah. Oh, that's so sad. You know what else is sad? Themes! There are some pretty sad themes, yeah, I will give you that. What was your first theme? Vampires. Vampires? You're so right. The vampires in this episode. Um, you know what's also in this episode? What? Smarty McSmarty Pants, Sam. That boy went to college. Don't you know? I had a theme of Gordon. (laughs) It's I don't want to give Gordon his own episode truncation. No, I'll just say Gordon. this is an episode that has Gordon in it as a character. Because I think we have three overall. We have this episode, the one where Gordon kidnaps and we hear... Uh, Gets arrested, Sam's cursed, and... And there's one who becomes a vampire. Vampire. So three more. So four episodes total. Yeah. I like his little arc. Although I just feel they could have avoided a lot of, of a mess with Gordon... <laughs> If they had just approached the situation, once they had control of it, a little differently. That's all I'm saying. Gordon was in the thick uh, Redemption Road that I was reading. It doesn't matter. I'm just saying. I love how you they just had throw him. things out there, and then you're like, that was just a fact. Maybe you would find that interesting. I don't know. <laughs> Shades of Grey is a theme. Although I think it's usually only applied to vampires and werewolves. In this show, I'm having a hard time thinking of any other time, any other I mean, instance yeah, where the boys have excused other monsters. Uh, demons, angels? No, because demons never really get the pass. Because Sam gave Ruby the pass. Okay, but Dean didn't. I'm saying instances where both boys. Dean kind of bonded agreed. with that uh, demon in the basement. All right, fine. All I was thinking about was all those times Crowley. Like, sacrificed for the boys, and then they never, ever, 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 ever trusted him. Oh, he was great. I love Crowley so much. He better be back in season 15. I had a theme of bad human. Yeah? I love it when the bad humans are on the stage. It, it, (laughs) It provides that really good contrast of not all monsters are evil, and... Just because you're human doesn't mean you're automatically good. Because there were there was some line in the episode where Dean was like, "Come on, they're not even human," and all I get and I was like, "But that doesn't mean anything. There are plenty of bad humans. You were almost eaten by some very bad humans." <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, my last theme was stalking the stalker. <laughs> Wait, avoid that. I trap. like that. I like that. I had three more 
themes. Go for them. Uh, Sam's sympathy to monsters, but we've kind of discussed that throughout. Hmm. Um, being weird in Borgs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they spend so much time in morgues. This is our second morgue. I like the one where uh, Cass is sniffing the body f- <laughs> for clues. <laughs> yeah. And then Dean points out that you know he was married. <laughs> and uh, my last theme was good monster. Not too many of those. You're right. It's rare enough to be interesting. Salt. <laughs> all I've got to say. But Hannah, we'll just have a section of weird, rare enough to be interesting. <laughs> uh, we'll just have two hour shows from now on. <laughs> What was rare enough for you to hate? Gordon. Why do you hate the interesting characters? (laughs) Listen, listen to me. He's a fascinating character for sure, but I hate him on a personal level. Horrible man. He's Dark Dean. He's Dean without Sam. All black and white, no gray. He's a dangerous man. And that's what makes him such a great character. Like, no, I wouldn't yeah, want to know this guy yeah, in like real he, life, but this episode's better with him. I love that his character is in the show. I love that his character was made. But, like, if I were to meet this character, I would hate him. Hmm. So, like, good for the show, bad for me. I just so, the whole time you're watching him. Bloodlust and Gordon's on the screen, are you just, like, raging inside and wishing you could yell at this man? I just want to punch him. Okay. I mean, if you're experiencing negative emotions while watching this, okay. All right. <laughs> like, I I cheered when Dean decked him one more time. I was like, yes. <sighs> See, I felt like I disagreed with that. I was like, Dean, you're not being the bigger person. I mean, I agree with you. I agree with you. They They haven't changed his mind. They didn't try to, like help him in any way, help him see another way. They just beat the crap out of him and left him for dead. Yeah. Mm, I didn't like and that. And all that does is give them a new enemy. Exactly. And uh, they're very, or Dean is very much just thinking in the moment. He's mm-hmm. not looking at the fact that uh, they are literally in the middle of a demon war. Like, they don't really understand what all's going on, but they understand enough that just a couple episodes ago, Dean was begging for his life because they are in a war and people are going to be dying because their family, for whatever reason, is the focus of one of those powerful demons, a prince of hell. Mm -hmm. And at this time, you want to make enemies with a hunter? You want to burn bridges like John did? That's exactly what they did. Yeah. And I'm not saying that they should be friends with Gordon. I don't even know if Gordon's redeemable. But... There was no attempt to... (sighs) I think it would have taken work. I think it would have taken work and time out of the show to make Gordon redeemable. But I do think that that would have been interesting. That would have been rare enough to be interesting. And they do redemption arcs with a lot of characters on this show. Um, Meg? Castiel? Crowley? Rowena? Mm -hmm. 
mean, oh, and, that's, and that's just a short list. Oh, love her. Um, but yeah, there. Okay, so there was an attempt to reason with Gordon. There was no attempt to empathize and validate Gordon once they knew the full truth. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't my hate of the episode originally, but I guess that could be my hate. But the writers wanted to play the story in this manner, and you know what? These boys are basically emotionally they it a stunted. Black and white. Well, they're emotionally stunted, and they really need good counseling, and they need to learn these <laughs> Don't we techniques. All? Yes. So it probably would have been very out of character for Dean to say, "Hey, let's I, talk about it." I understand your reaction to all this, but I disagree because of blah blah blah. It's much more in character for Dean to punch him in the face. Punch him in the face. So, I can't say that I hate that because that is an in-character choice for the writers to go for. So, what I did choose for my hate... Kendall, what did you hate? Was, why couldn't they have been consistent with Ty Olsen? (sighs) Eli didn't die. Did he? Hmm, no. Sam probably got him out with all the others. Yeah. So, I mean, we could have said that, you know what... Who cares? Maybe Eli did die. Maybe, uh, maybe, uh, Gordon... Maybe he hit his head in purgatory. No, no. <laughs> oh, you're saying that the character he of Eli his hit his head in purgatory and then came back to, uh, out of his coma or whatever and was like, oh, yeah, I'm from Louisiana now. <laughs> and my name is Benny. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, yes. I, I just appreciate some consistency, especially when you have... Characters with so many speaking lines. Like, okay, you bring the mom from uh, Something Wicked This Way Comes, come back later as a major angel. Okay, well, she only had, like, one, maybe five lines. Hey, she was a nurse. Hmm? She was a nurse before she was an angel. She was a nurse and she was a mom, and then she was Hannah. So three roles? Yeah, but they were... The nurse didn't even have a line, and then as a mom, she had a couple of lines. But Eli has a whole impassioned, like, speech in this episode. And it was pretty memorable. It's just kind of jarring, and there wasn't a whole lot to really criticize about this episode, from my point of view. So, that was the only thing that threw me off. So, I didn't like it. I wanted to know why Benny had a twin, and we never knew about it. (gasps) Maybe they were also twins that got adopted and separated. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't hate it anymore, because that's the real truth. That Supernatural is just too scared to pursue. And And there's nothing to hate about this episode. started going by his middle name when he started working at Weenie Hut Jr. (laughs) (laughs) Why would you choose to go by Alfie? Maybe he's going for, like, that that nerd sheep. (laughs) Yes. You know? Yeah, he he uh, he's gone all hipster in high school. <laughs> all right, well, Hannah, what did you la 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 love? I la 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 loved Lenore. She's fighting so hard to peacefully live. The way she was able to hold back despite Sam's blood dripping on her face, like we have no idea how hard that must have been. Given who knows how long she's been without human blood. Given mm-hmm. she's been weakened by the poison, and given that Gordon has been beating and torturing her for who knows how long before Sam and Dean got there. Yeah. yeah. So, kudos to Lenore 
for holding back, for fighting her basic instinct, her animal instinct. I wonder what caused her to become a vegetarian. Um... Because it's not many vampires that really... Well, I mean, we have, like, that quibble. That's episode with Alex, and she's a human living with vampires, and so she's sympathetic to vampires. Maybe she was... Like, a vampire who was taken in by humans. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I would have liked... I, I, I enjoyed Lenore, but I would have... I would have enjoyed it more if we knew a little more of her background Backstory. as a pacifist. Yeah. Man, I'm like telling you, Luther Lenores and, and Luthers, life. you just don't get enough of them. I want a L- Lenore and Luther pick. Yeah. <laughs> He runs a biker gang, and she's trying. She wants to live peacefully. It's she like runs, Romeo and Juliet. She runs a. <laughs> they come she from runs different like a, families. She runs like a commune that's all about living as one with the earth and with nature, and like almost. And she falls in love with biker Luther. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the real bad boy. Send us that fic. Yeah. Well, what I loved is that they kept. Not that they kept. I love that they keep playing with this whole theme of shades of gray. You know, we've already had the benders where humans are just as capable of some nasty shit as any monster. Now we have monsters who haven't done anything wrong. And in just a few episodes, we'll see the boys struggle with a good person who got turned into a werewolf. You know? And how they are defined by their judgment calls in each of these situations and the way their view of the world shifts and grows with each of these experiences. So yeah, I love that they keep building on that. Well, let's build on this whole dang show some more. Hannah, what's coming up next time? Look around you. Next time on Sisters Talk Brothers, we will be discussing Supernatural Season 2, Episode 4, Children Shouldn't Play With Dead Things. No, they shouldn't. Dean and Sam assist Neil Devine, a heartbroken college kid who consoles his longtime crush after her breakup and then loses her in a car accident. Determined to have his feelings returned, Neil uses necromancy to bring her back from the dead. His efforts backfire when she returns as an angry and vengeful zombie, forcing the brothers to stop her after she kills her boyfriend Matt and the girl he cheated on her with. This synopsis was brought to us by Drifa Baljet on imdb.com. On imdb.com. Thank you, IMDb. Now, Drifa, this thank you is a very detailed synopsis. It's it leaves nothing to mystery, Drifa. And also, Drifa, the girlfriend that cheated didn't die. Come on, man, did you even watch the episode? <laughs> Drifa. What I, I really want to roll the R with that one. Drifa. Drifa I mean, maybe Balajin. you do. Drifa, would you get to us on how to pronounce your name? We want to be You can contact me on Tumblr. Uh-huh, where, Hannah? That, that's on, on Tumblr, that's Jailbreak Fiend. Or everything Overlord, or you can contact me on Instagram. That's also Jailbreak Fiend. You can find me on Tumblr at Kindle Abroad, 
or on Insta at Kindle, Kindle, Kindle. And if you'd like to reach us both, you can find us at Sisters Talk Brothers at Jamale.com. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited to talk this next episode, Hannah. So let's move on. Let's get down to the next one. Let's move on. <laughs> Tune in next week for more monsters. More brothers. <laughs> <laughs> and no. more sisters. Bye. Bye.